We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Time now for WEEI Football Sunday with Fitzy and Hart. WEEI Football Sunday is co-sponsored by Zudi. Build any application your company needs in one week. Visit ZUDY.com for your free trial. By New England Recovery Center in Westboro where recovery is possible by your local New England Kubota tractor dealers by Northeast Electrical where pros need pros at needco.com by Catches Law Group the personal injury pros at catcheslaw.com and by Anderson Windows and your local Anderson Windows dealer now WEEI Football Sunday Hour number three, WEEI Football Sunday, getting you pumped, primed, and ready for Super Bowl 57. Coverage of which on Westwood One, featuring the incomparable and indomitable Kevin Harlan and Football Hall of Famer Kurt Warner on the call tonight from Glendale, Arizona. Eagles against the Chefs. Our coverage begins right here at 2 p.m. and runs right through. And, of course, the end of Super Bowl 57. We are the exclusive radio carrier of the call tonight, and you're going to want to use the Odyssey app on your phone to listen to it at any time. Don't have it? Download it today, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Don't forget, WEI Super Bowl coverage is sponsored by Wise Snacks. You've heard about every single show talking about how great Wise Snacks are. Thank you very much for the product drops. I particularly have enjoyed the popcorns and the honey barbecue chips, and you know, Andy, I love me a dipsy doodle. Do game day the wise way. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of 100 authentic pro football jerseys. Uh, Andy, I was, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, while doing a little check of the socials on our commercial break, I caught a couple of things I thought may be of interest to the Patriots fan. Uh, in the conference, it looks like uh, Jeff Saturday will not return to his Jeff Sunday status, and it may be time to get up once again for him because the new leading candidate to be the HC of the ICs, the Indianapolis Colts, would be Shane Steichen, offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles, or as uh, Ethan could perhaps find momentarily, as Gronk called him, Shane Spikeman. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I thought we were gonna have the audio there. That was the first thing I thought of. That will, you know, we have these things: the press conference or Sirianni or Adam Gase's press conference. If if Steichen is a good coach, still in my mind, he'll forever be remembered for Gronk calling him Spikeman. 
Oh, really? One of the it's one of the all time. Yeah, it's it's head coach. What, what did he say? It was head coach Nick Serrani. Yeah, oh, yeah. And offensive coordinator Shane Spikeman, which is great because Gronk is the original Spikeman. But Steichen's become one of the hot names, one of the names du jour around the NFL. And of course, you know, D'Amico Ryan's became the defensive name this season. Now he's gone home. Big welcome for him with the Houston Texans. I think he's going to definitely, if the Texans are ever going to get their act together, it's going to be by having a guy like D'Amico Ryan's, a hometown favorite, really smart guy, knows defense and football, up, down, left, and right, up, up, down, down, left, right, BA select start for all you Contra fans out there. He's going to do a great job down there. Steichen is uh, someone that people love, and uh, maybe, just maybe, he'll make the Colts, uh, first of all, with the draft pick they have, He'll actually get a good young quarterback, so maybe he can bring a little bit of that Philadelphia swag and the offense that he's been leading there to Indianapolis and prevent us from having to watch another year of the Colts running a stagnant old offense with the latest retread 37-year-old quarterback. Yeah, I think that uh, Saturday not getting the job is a good thing for the Colts and a bad Mm -hmm. thing for the Patriots and the rest of the conference. Um, You're you're seeing some stabilization potentially. Certainly D'Amico Ryans is a more of an upside coach for the Texans than they've had the last couple of years with one and Duns kind of spinning their wheels down there in Houston. Uh, Sean Payton, you know, if you're going to try to fix Will, Russell Wilson, you probably can't get a better option to try to do that than an offensive-minded Sean Payton who has the stature to, you know, tell his QB coach, nope, you're not allowed in the building. We're, this is for Broncos employees only and and do that in a, a way that I think Russell Wilson will have to accept and respect. So, yeah, some of the uh, the lower-level teams in the uh, AFC beneath the Patriots right now um, making some decisions this offseason that should at least make them more competitive moving forward, I would think. Uh, yes, and the next one, it's funny that you happen to mention uh, the Denver Broncos and Sean Payton. That's a huge move for them. If anyone's going to be able to get Russell Wilson off his comfortable spot and turn his career around, or at least make it, you'll never be worth what they gave up for him out there. But restore the Broncos to their mile-high pride. It could be Sean Payton as well. That's huge for them. How about this? Uh, I believe it was via Tom Pelissero. Uh, The Denver Broncos are potentially interested in bringing in Sean Payton's looking at the idea of bringing in as defensive coordinator Rex Ryan. Love it. I think he's a good defensive I, I coach. I absolutely would lo- couldn't love that enough. Yeah, he um, head coach, questionable for Rex Ryan, although he had some success there with the Jets, certainly. But as a defensive coach, now he's been out of it for a few years here doing the TV thing. And I know sometimes people wonder, oh, is a game pass a guy by if you're out for a few years? Is Are the trends and, and changes in the NFL, do they happen quick enough so you can kind of fall off the treadmill pretty quickly? But that's a team that has some defensive talent. He's an aggressive defensive coach. He's a defensive coach that Sean Payton has worked with those types over the years. Remember, he used to have Greg Williams down in mm-hmm. uh, New Orleans. So he's had a lot of those strong-minded, strong-willed, uh, vocal, aggressive defensive coaches. So it's, I, I think it'd be fun. I don't know if it'll work. Got to fix Russell Wilson first and then Peyton and, and Rex Ryan mm-hmm. if it were to happen. That, that's fun. If you're a Broncos fan, you're swinging for the fences. I don't know. You may regret it. Maybe this is new ownership, new money, going down a Washington road like they did in the early 2000s where you spend, spend, spend big names and it never really works out. Um, but they're trying. They're shooting. They're shooting their shot here. Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, actually Fox's uh, Jay Glazer with the scoopage on that one. I apologize, not Tom Pelissero. 
Um, uh, last little one I want to get to. Um, how do you feel about the the darkness retreat for Aaron Rodgers? He's about to go into up to four days of total darkness in a residence house, prison cell, whatever the hell he's going to go into. And hopefully that's going to allow him clarity of thought so that he can make a decision on where he plays next year. And if he makes it through all four days of the darkness, we made it through seven months of it with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, so he should be able to make it through four days of it. If he can make it through all four days, where does he go? And why is it going to be the Jets? And why is Ethan not playing uh, Bane doing the whole... Uh... You adopted the darkness. I was born in it or whatever. You merely adopted the darkness. I was born into it. Uh, Aaron Rodgers gets crazier by the minute. I think back to my grandmother had a cuckoo clock, uh, one of those legitimate cuckoo clocks. Like He is a walking, talking, podcasting, quarterbacking cuckoo clock. And you're right. I still think the Jets are a very legitimate possibility, especially with their hiring of Hackett uh, as the offensive coordinator in New York. Um but uh, the, he, these things he does, who in their right mind does four days of darkness? Like, <laughs> I, like I don't want to mock people because maybe are, are there maybe some people listening that like, oh, yeah, I did it. It's, you know, it's a step up from hot yoga or a retreat. It's the next step. And who are do real people do this? Do real? No, normal no, they don't. No, do honestly, Andy, look, I, I, I take and use a lot of uh, supplements, things to try to, you know, combat bad decisions I've made perform at a higher level, be forever young, blah, blah, blah. You know, you scoff at and mock most of it. That's fine. But they're still reasonably my vitamin supplements. I don't go full TB12, and that's fine. But they're all still reasonably mainstream. I don't go someplace where I have ghee, clarified butter fed to me for three days to such an excessive level that I vomit to clear out my, you know, chakra and then, you know, take high ayahuasca so that I can hallucinate and, you know, talk to something on another astral plane and then go into a house where it's dark, pitch black for four days so I can think better. No, this isn't. I, honestly, it's bananas. It is. And I liked the old days. We'll take another Packer, famous Packer. I liked when Reggie White said God told him to go to Green Bay. It was simpler days back then. How about when guys agency. just went out for a beer and ripped a dart and then just made a choice? Yeah. I, and what is the point? Is he supposed to... Like if I if I go for four days and don't miss being a quarterback, does that mean I'm not going back to being a quarterback or vice versa? If I really miss it in the darkness, if it's what I think about in the darkness, does that mean I still have passion for the game? I I guess this is um, beneath me or above me. I don't know which direction it is, but I'm not in line with this. I, I don't. I can't possibly comprehend it. I also can't possibly really comprehend any football team wanting him. Like the desperation of the Jets, I kind of get. But I would be scared to death to acquire this guy and give up the the picks that it's going to take to get it. It's, he's still talented. I know mm -hmm. the thumb was an issue coming off a bad year. But I, the we talk about Kyrie a lot. You know, teams should know better with Kyrie. Certainly the the Mavericks, like, oh, the, the Nets already showed you and the Celtics already showed you. You should learn from the mistakes of your predecessors. If you sign up for the Aaron Rodgers experiment, you may get to the Super Bowl. But it, uh, I, I don't think it's likely. I don't think it ends well for anybody that interacts with Aaron Rodgers. And don't sue no, me. I, I know quarterbacks I sue like, people now. I don't want to be sued. How about this? Like, wouldn't it be great? Rex Ryan in Denver, back in the NFL, coming for Belichick. Aaron Rodgers on the ayahuasca banana darkness train going down to the Jets. Like, NFL 2023 sounds like it has the potential to be far more entertaining and off the rails 
uh, compared to this particular iteration in this season, which concludes tonight with Super Bowl 57. Like, I'm excited for it. Oh, certainly like the soap opera aspect of it. I don't know about good football. I don't know if it'll be good football in Denver or good football in New York. But Your primary focus, Andy, is entertain me. Am I correct? Yes, and this entertains me leading up to the games, no doubt. The offseason leading up to the games, we'll see if it's what Tom Brady described early last year as, you know, S-blank football uh, when you get to Aaron Rodgers and Rex Ryan and all these changes and teams and, and everything that's going forth. But in the offseason, the hot stove, whatever you want to call it in the NFL, this entertains me, yes. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. When we come back, our guy Mike Dusso from Patriots.com checks in on the state of the Patriots and everything that's gone on in this very interesting, unique, and engaging offseason. And we'll talk about the Chiefs versus the Patriots, the kingdom having nothing on the dynasty. Are you a scared? Are you a feared? And, of course, we are just about six hours away from kickoff on Super Bowl Sunday. Now let's catch up on sports news. Here's Ethan with Trending. Your home of the Sox. Now here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now here at WEEI and WEEI.com. The Super Bowl is upon us as the Kansas City Chiefs get set to take on the Philadelphia Eagles to be crowned the NFL's football champions of the world and take on the Lombardi. A reminder that WEEI is your home for all things Super Bowl 57 today with preview, insider, and pregame coverage all leading up to kickoff of the big game at 6.30 p.m. If you can't watch it, you can hear it right here on Boston Sports Original 93.7 WEEI. In hockey, the Bruins falling to the Washington Capitals last night 2-1. They led the game in shots taken 28-23, but not in the score department when the final whistle blew, ultimately falling in that game. The Bruins do not play again until Tuesday when they travel to Dallas to take on the Stars. And your Boston Celtics have a Sunday matinee against the Memphis Grizzlies this afternoon. Tip-off for that game is set for 2 p.m. And a reminder to everyone that... Your sponsor for this trending and for WEEI's Super Bowl coverage is brought to you by Wise Snacks. Do game day the wise way. Go to wisegameday.com for your chance to win one of 100 authentic pro football jerseys. I'm Ethan Risadulu, and that's what's trending here at WEEI and WEEI.com. Honey Paxton will snap from the far hash mark, angle to the left for Adam Vinatieri, 48-yard field goal attempt. Set to go, snap, ball down, kick up, kick is on the way, and it is good! It's good! It's good! Adam Vinatieri moves a 48-yard field goal, and the game is over, and the Patriots are Super Bowl champions! The Patriots are Super Bowl Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
Champions, the best team in the National Football League. Well, greatest radio call in the history of radio. AM, FM, satellite, and beyond. The great late Gil Santos, and of course, the great late Gino Capaletti with him on the call for Super Bowl 36 on the old WBCN Rock, Patriots Rock Radio Network. My, in addition to the joy in Gil Santos's voice, something that was covered uh, in the great podcast series that Mike Dussault, who will be joining us momentarily here, covered. Andy, my favorite thing about that, Gino Capaletti doesn't say a word of English. He just hurrays. Like, that's, the, like, that's the, when he passed last year, sadly, and what a life he led. But that was the thing that I always remembered. The guy who was the original Mr. Patriot. Just, just her, like, just, I could just see him there in his suit, just smelling like fancy cologne, uh, just being all Patriot and dapper. And then just like, like the joy, like those are just joy sounds. Like I will, they could win another 50 Super Bowls. They may win none. Tom Curran thinks it'll be forever until they get to another one. I swear it'll, it may never get better than that. Super Bowl 51 was a hell of a drug. It may never get better than the purity of that moment. Yeah, no question. And you didn't have to be. Mr. Patriot, Gino Capaletti, career Patriot, around the team for whatever it was, 40 years at that point to feel that way, but you certainly could understand why he felt that way. And, you know, the first one was special and never be uh, never be matched in Patriot Nation. It uh, it was a unique journey, and uh, he, as they say, Gino Capaletti was everyone at that moment in Patriot Nation. Oh, uh, everyone and then some. Uh, And as I mentioned, it was cataloged uh, and the entire incredible journey was put together in an awesome podcast series by my guy right now who's joining us on the Harbor One Hotline. One of the the wizards of Patriots.com and Patriots Unfiltered heard three days a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 12 to 2. His podcast production. What's that? He's not here yet. Deuce. I gave you this whole big lead up, Mike Dussault, the deuce man, and he's not even on the line yet. Fine, we can just go back to Super Bowl memories. He'll be with us in a second then. No big wor- no worries, Andy. Um, Are we getting big-timed by deuce? I can't believe our guy who basically asc- who, who like ascended into his position of power with the Patriots thanks to your departure, joining WEEI, a guy who I gave, a guy who I knew from the blog circuit, from the Patriots, you know, hoodie-footy pajama, as Ordway used to call it, Super fandom outlets is now big time in us. How about that? It hurts. It I think does. he's got a hockey game. No, he's. Yeah, I just talked to him a few minutes ago. He'll be there. No, probably just had a probably just had a parental responsibility as well. Um, Andy, I've shared one of my favorite non-Patriot Super Bowl moments, and now ultimately my favorite Patriot Super Bowl moment. What's yours? Uh, pa- favorite Patriot Super Bowl moment. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Um. Probably, I would have to say the uh, interception that wasn't, the Tabucky Jones, even though it, it didn't count. Like, the energy in uh, New Orleans at mm. that point, it was becoming real that the Patriots had come to play, and I know it didn't count. But, oh, because of the penalty on McGinnis, which was yep. garbage. But it was like, holy crap, this is this could happen. And then it swung the other way. Is that way, a fumble holding, or a pick, Andy? A fumble. What did I say? Okay, interception. Yeah, yeah, no fumble. But um, it that was a because they're fourteen point underdogs. You, you kind of have your doubts. Like you think you know you're talking yourself into you could win, you might win, you should win, whatever. At that moment, I was like, this could be real. And then you held on, and then you had to come back and the roller coaster. But that moment, the energy 
of that moment before it was wiped out by those damn people that you know I hate more than anybody on the planet called officials and flags. Mm. Oh, I thought you were ru- going to say Nazis. No, that that too, but uh, also officials. Uh, when they ruin, they suck the fun out of everything with flags. Um, but that the emotion of that, that like, just the, the whole New Orleans experience was was unique and will never be recreated. No, it, it never it never will. Though, like I said moments ago, it was captured and recreated to a degree with players, fans, media, and alike. Two thousand one, a Super Bowl. Uh, what was the title again? Mike Dusso from Patriots.com joins us now on the Harvard Hotline. Deuce, what was the title again? A Super Bowl Sound Odyssey? That's correct, uh, Sissy. And, I, and actually, I, I heard Andy saying that, so I wanted to follow up because, Andy, I'm sure you're probably aware, and, and maybe this fed into why that was a great moment for you, but but your your old pal Paul Perillo, I know, told me during that Sound Odyssey, during that moment to Bucky Jones, uh, Perillo stood up as if as if it looked like it was over and then got a hurricane spilled yep. all over him. Uh, and that was probably his low light of the game. So I, I, maybe that fed into why it was so great for you. It probably did. You're right. It, that probably played into it because uh, the highs and lows of Paul Perillo is entertaining as well. No question. <laughs> Nothing ruins a perfectly good, improbable Super Bowl victory like a stupid referee with a phantom call and a 24-ounce sugary New Orleans cocktail deuce. <laughs> Is that the truth, man? I was that was that was quite the, the moment you thought they were going to run away with it, but uh, it was down to be a little bit more hairy and go right down to the end as it did. Yeah, that was it. Was seventeen to three, and the Rams were driving, if I'm not mistaken. And the Marshall Falk is hit, fumbles, and it's picked up by Tabucky Jones, who scampers ninety five yards. And that's when we're all thinking this is twenty four to three. Like Andy was saying, it's over at that point. And like, oh, hold, you know, the corpse of uh, Pat Summerall was like, and there's a flag on the field. And we go back and then we find out it was a garbage call. That begins the Rams' comeback. Then it's 17-10. Pats can't do anything. Ricky Prohl, who was a pivotal figure in multiple Patriots Super Bowl victories, then, of course, the greatest kick ever. I wanted to welcome you in, Deuce, with the Gil Santos call, which uh, I'm not sure if you had a chance to hear or not because that is my favorite ultimate all-time Patriots moment. Not just the moment itself, but then every time I, I rewatch it, I can't listen to it with the Fox audio. I have to do the Gil Santos call. So you as super fan, uh, we've known each other for a decade and a half now. What is your favorite Patriots Super Bowl moment? Yeah, I, I think it's got to be uh, Super Bowl 49. And it just because, you know, for me personally, you know, I, I really like jumped into getting super invested right around 05. I mean, I said before, I think the 05 loss to Denver was what kind of like sparked me to think, man, they've got the greatest quarterback, the greatest coach. They've got the clock is ticking. How many championships can they get? And that kind of kicked me into the next gear. And then, of course, you had 10 years of frustration. So just Super Bowl 49, awesome game. I mean, again, you stare right down the barrel of, I can't believe we're going to lose on a free play again, you know, only then to have the, the Malcolm Butler play uh, happen. And, and er- suddenly everything flipped. And, you know, so for me, having invested so much time and energy into those 10 years in between the championships. For me, that was, that was the best one. Uh, I agree with you. Cause I, I don't think that Super Bowl, in a weird way is given um, the attention it deserves for, I think that was a superior game to the Falcons comeback because that game against the Seahawks was good from start to finish. It mm-hmm. was well played, unbelievable. And then the ending is, is incredible. Uh, but do you find this sad at all? It just hit me what we're doing right now 
You find this in any way sad that we're talking about past Super Bowls on Super Bowl Sunday? Like, uh, history's behind us now. It's, oh, it's okay. Have them in other towns, though, Andy. Think, what, what is the Jacksonville Super Bowl Sunday pregame show like? Well, I, I know, but we're better than them. Now we're 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 becoming the Raiders and the Cowboys and the Bears and thinking about past successes oh, because so our what? T- it's t- fun. It's a quick trip down memory lane before you get full of Miller Light and hot wings later. You knucklehead. That's true. Yeah, I like that. I mean, that forty nine was just and, and two great teams, right? You had so much respect for the Seahawks and the Legion of Boom, and you know, coming off that that twenty twelve game in Seattle, which I was at the U Mad Bro game. You know, you just there, there were very few teams I felt like at that kind of point right there in the middle twenty tens that you felt like could really go toe-to-toe with the Pats, at least in the, you know, in the AFC, certainly the NFC had some teams once they got there, but, um, you know, just such, so much respect for Pete Carroll and, and that team at that time. So, uh, you know, and, and it just fit the script of, of all the Super Bowls. I mean, that's what's so crazy. I mean, all, you know, all, what of it, every single one of them went down to like, you know, the, the pretty much the end. The only one Tom Brady decided to actually just win outright was the one he didn't win here. And that was the only like non-stressful Super Bowl of all of them. So, uh, you know, the, it is, it's great memories. And, you know, I, I, I kind of enjoy it. I mean, look, this is where we're at now, uh, looking back on the history a little bit, but Hey, maybe big off season coming up, right? We'll, we'll turn it around this year. This is the year. <laughs> this is the year we finally do it, man. Well, all that four year wait, the eternal, duck boat drought that we've been suffering through the hell with the Detroit Lions and the Houston Texans and people who haven't even sniffed the Super Bowl we need to get back and we need to get back now and key to that deuce obviously will be the turnaround of the offense the play of Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien who may soon become he's been the name du jour the entire offseason all five weeks of it now and may become the most popular name and popular man in New England this fall if he can turn the offense and by proxy the team around can you just sort of describe, like, has there been, like, a temperature change in the room down at the stadium? Has there been almost, like, a, a palpable difference in the way things are getting done or the way people are talking around the stadium since Bill O'Brien came back? Well, I mean, I think Andy can speak to, like, my interactions are pretty much like Paul and Fred. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not <laughs> hanging out in the locker room with, with the guys exactly. But, uh, you know, I will say, like, look, everybody who works there is, you know, super invested in everything that's going on, whether you're with the team or you're upstairs. Um, you know, and I, I think everybody's just like, well, this had to happen. This was it, you know, and, and I think you're, you're glad at this point the Super Bowl is being played today. So really, you're not even technically into the right offseason, the real offseason just yet. Uh, but you had to get some real coaches on the offensive side of the ball who, who, you know, could come in and, you know, really know what they were doing. So I, I think now we've kind of established a baseline of like, all right, that, that just had to be done. Like, no questions asked. I think now we're at a place where, okay, let's, let's talk about how do we do it now. And, you know, for me and, and Andy, I, I saw your, your post this week about T. Higgins. I thought that was, you know, really interesting. I mean, obviously with A.J. Brown last year and what the Eagles did, it, it worked out great. And, you know, I, I think everybody's kind of on the same page of what this team needs this offseason. I mean, talk about the positional needs. I think everybody's like, okay, offensive tackle, wide receiver, and cornerback. You know, everybody's kind of starting there. I know there are other positions to talk about, but – uh, that's that the coaching stuff had to happen. And now that it's there, it's like, okay, what do they got to do personnel wise in terms of who's leaving, who might retire? How do they get guys in and, and, you know, get back into that step where they're, you know, contending to play and get into the playoffs again. Mike, I know you are uh, intimately involved with sort of the, you know, fandom and super fans and the blogosphere and, and all of that. <laughs> and my impression is that uh, you people, those people, <laughs> are threatened by Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, and in a, and that has pushed them to a spot that I didn't think they would be pushed to a few years back in Minneapolis, and that's rooting for the Philadelphia Eagles. Should Patriots fans yeah. be threatened by the Chiefs, 
and more importantly, are they feeling threatened by the Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, I, I heard you guys talking to Tom earlier about this, and I mean, I'd probably fall a little bit towards his side, but I think, you know, I think we're just in a, a, a way that the media now, the Chiefs are certainly, you know, the, the class of the league right now. Patrick Mahomes is, I mean, even as, you know, a super Patriots fan, I think you have to acknowledge what he did this year was was special, especially losing Tyreek Hill and, and still being able to, you know, put up the kind of year that he did. So, uh, you know, I think this is what's going to happen now, though. The Chiefs right now for the last five or six years, they, they've been the darling. And, and, of course, those questions are going to start. Like, you know, are they going to, you know, are they going to threaten the Patriots? Like, look, I'll put my Patriots hat on real quick. Like, I spent 20 years enjoying the hell out of watching this team. 20 years. I mean, that's, you know, and we know the championships. We know the ones they lost. So, you know, for me as a Patriots fan, I know it's maybe a little bit sad that we're, we're talking about the past, but I mean, 20 years, it, it's hard to realistically say, are, are they going to do this for another 15 years? Is this, and, and maybe it will. I have all the respect in the world for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. And, you know, it's, it's easy fodder to say, so Patriots fans, Andy Reid, huh? He, he's a pretty good coach. Do you think he's better than Belichick? <laughs> you know, oh, Patrick Mahomes, he's playing pretty good. Do you think he's better than Tom Brady? Is he going to get more? You know, it's easy to play those games, but, um, you know, I can't speak for every Patriots fan, but just for myself, I mean, 20 years, 20 years of, of just absolute having the time of my life watching that team up and down. So we'll see how long the Chiefs are able to do it. But like I said, as, as even me, Patriots fan, I got a lot of respect for, for what they did this year, losing Tyreek Hill. I mean, we know we're all in it right now. We got to find that guy. We got to find that number one receiver. Well, they just let their number one receiver go. They still had Kelsey. They still have Mahomes. It, it didn't really seem to matter all that much. So, uh, but I get it. I'm rooting for the Eagles. That that that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's so funny, Deuce, because I'm, I surprise people. I'm rooting for, I mean, not outwardly rooting for, but like I don't have anything against the Chiefs today. I'm not outwardly rooting for the Eagles. I just want a good game, and I want all of my bets to, to come through as well. But I, I can't, I don't feel the enmity towards the Chiefs that a lot of other fans do. Like, I'm so impressed by Patrick Mahomes. And to your point just a second ago, the whole entire idea that they didn't take a step back. They're 16-3 and three on Super Bowl Sunday with a chance to win their second title in five years. Second title in four years, really. Uh, after they decided, you know what, we still think we can do this without our elite wide receiver. Here we are begging and hoping for DeAndre Hopkins to come to town or T. Higgins or someone in the draft to break through. And they're like, yeah, we got the fastest guy in the NFL. We think we can do it with... Valdez Scantling, Juju Smith Schuster, <laughs> Sky Moore, I mean and Noah Gray, and you know, Isaiah Pacheco. They stole a Rutgers guy out from under Belichick. Like what the Chiefs are doing now is amazing. And also it goes back to Mahomes is just the greatest player on earth. Like, don't be threatened by him. He'll never be Brady. Just appreciate him for what he is and try not to hate on him too much because his brother sucks. <laughs> Well, yeah, that, well, that's what, let, let's, Larry, we, we've, we've glowed enough about Patrick Mahomes. Like, I mean, seriously, though, like his brother, his wife, like they're very annoying. And I think everybody's like, I'm okay if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, as long as I don't have to see his brother and the wife on the field after the game celebrating and screaming at the camera. Uh, and the other thing is like, I love Patrick Mahomes. Like, I think he's great, but he also just annoys me. Like the head twitch, the like weird looking face mask, the, the helmet that's too high in his head, like the little walk and waddle that he does. Like all those things, like, and Paul, you know, totally busts my butt about all these, like these things. Like I'm a football aesthetic guy, you know, he bugs me aesthetically, but you know, the results speak for themselves. Is Andy Reid the second best coach of this generation? <laughs> you know, I, I mean, look, he's, he's done an outstanding job. And I mean, I think we had actually an interesting conversation this week. And it almost, I, Andy, I almost got into an argument with Paul. I almost did it. I mean, I know wow. that's not my thing. That's more it's your thing. Yeah. Um, because you know how it is. Like, he, he was bringing something up about Andy Reid. And I, 
And I brought up a point that he, you know, took as like, you know, me kind of going back at him. But, but, you know, my point was that the success that Andy Reid has had, you know, he's an offensive coach. I think that that, you know, is worth a little bit more in today's NFL. Um, you know, just his ability to, you know, design an offense. I mean, you heard Travis Kelsey talking this week about just how good of an offensive coach he is. And, you know, not to say that, you know, Bill isn't a great coach still on the, you know, doesn't know offense, but his specialty's always been on the defensive side of the ball. So I just, I think, look, he, I don't want to say that, oh, no, he's not, but I also think that he has a little bit of advantage in today's NFL being an offensive guru that he is. Now, you know, we've certainly seen Bill come up with some game plans defensively to, to, to put some, you know, to gum up that works a little bit. But at the same time, I think, you know, just Andy Reid, you have to just respect him and the way his players love him and play for him. Uh, the turnover this year didn't matter. They were able to lose, lose Tyree Kill, as we said. So uh, a lot of respect for him. I, you know, whatever you want to call him, who's the best? I, I don't really get too worked up about it, uh, but he's done a great job. We do eventually have to look toward the future as well in the 2023 season. I think we're all on board, or at least I presume, Deuce, that you're on board with the idea that Bill O'Brien, as many people told Tom Kern and beyond in Arizona at Super Bowl Media Week, that if you give Bill O'Brien a season, he's going to be able to turn Mac Jones around and be able to make the difference with him that his second season needed to be, that needed to be made his second season that wasn't because of the offensive well we'll call it miscues will be nice because it's super bowl sunday and we're excited <laughs> um that went that went on last season we're not scapegoating judge and patricia now we're moving on you guys had uh tamara and you guys had uh evan lazar out at the east west shrine game there was the senior bowl as well um from your guys from the coverage from the patriots.com team let's start getting excited about the future let's start looking to free agency in the draft who are some names maybe to put on the Patriots super fans radar to maybe get excited about uh, for this coming spring? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think you got to start with the tackles in the draft class. And I mean, I, I don't know where you guys are at philosophically right now. I mean, I go and I look at, you know, all these free agents that are out there and, and, and maybe I'm a little bit, you know, spurned by 2021. And, and certainly they had some hits, they had some misses from, from that class, but I just, I look at, you know, people are like, oh, they've got, you know, 30 million in space. They can do some stuff. And, and, and certainly I think they have to make the best use of those, of those pieces that they have with, with the draft picks. But I just, I'm so focused right now on like, we got to draft the 11, the potential 11 draft picks, like try to get the tackle problem solved early. I mean, I think that that's one where you look at Paris Johnson, Broderick Jones, and Peter Skaronsky is like the top three. Skaronsky's got some size issues, but for a team that just hasn't really had the tackle pipeline like they did when they went from Matt Light to Solder, they brought Vollmer in. I mean, he just had such stability there. And, and I think it's now kind of a debate of, well, we all agree probably too, that they need a weapon. They need an elite guy. They need somebody who is going to be a problem on every down that teams are going to have to account for. So, you know, you also look at, well, they've had pretty good history. I know Dante Skarnacki was there at the time of developing offensive linemen. What, 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 it's like chicken or the egg. Do you need the guy to protect Mac and make sure he can get it to that receiver, or do you just need the guy and you'll figure out the protection? So I'm looking at those three guys right at the top. I don't know if there's necessarily a wide receiver or a cornerback right in that you know, group. Christian Gonzalez, maybe Oregon. Like, but overall, I think the trenches is where you're looking. I, I, I just, I'm having trouble getting excited about free agency. I want to look at the draft. I want to look at the Patriots' own internal free agents. The, the, you know, the threesome to consider – Duggar on when you Uche three guys entering the last year of their deal. Can we get some long-term stability? Can we, 
you know, invest, instead of going out and taking a swing on, on a free agent, can we invest in Kyle Duggar and, and, you know, put that piece into place for the next, you know, four years or so? Those, those are the questions I'm looking internally, trying to continue to build through the draft. I think that's really the only way out of it. Maybe you take a, a swing on something like a T. Higgins, but for the Patriots to get back to where they want to be, I think it all starts with the draft and retaining the players that they're able to draft and, and that have success, keep them around, and build a core again that, that you had when you were winning championships. So would you do my T. Higgins idea? Would you trade, let's just say T. Higgins, you give you get T. Higgins and the Bengals' first-round pick for your number huh. 14 overall pick. Would you do it and then hand him $100 million? Well, for fun, I'm going to say no. And Thank yeah, you. No, I just and, want and, to keep the pick and draft a fat guy. Thank you, Deuce. Yeah. Well, and, and but but I think it's a great debate, and I mean I brought your article up because you know I think it's it's and I brought it up on the show too this week of you know saying I like if that was AJ Brown I'm in like no question are, you know are we sure is T Higgins definitely the guy that they need no question he's better than any receiver on their roster um, but you know, and, and and no question too he performed well this year when Jamar Chase was out um, I, you know I look I'm, I wouldn't say oh I don't like this move but you know just for debate's sake I'm going to say no I'm going to say you know, let's continue to try to get maybe a day two guy, continue to build through the draft, maybe grab one of those tackles in the first round. Um, you know, I don't want, I'm not, not to hedge my, my, what I'm saying, but, uh, I, I think that there's other guys out there that they, they just need to try to find, uh, without trying to overextend. And if he's not the guy and he's limited outside and Matt can't, you know, get him the ball as consistently as we'd like, uh, that, you know, those are the potential issues. But look, I got no problem. They want to take a big swing to try to get a guy that they think is the guy. I say go for it. I'm just not sure T. Higgins is definitely, definitely that guy. Agree with you 100%, Deuce. That's why I have you on, mostly just to back up my thoughts as well and to counteract Andy's. <laughs> he's quickly become my personal like, Perillo on this show. <laughs> I got to say, though, like this is the first season probably since like 2016 that we haven't really done any collaboration work or anything together. So, I mean, I, just, I think it fed into the bad year overall. They needed us this year. They did. That's the problem. The wall was abandoned because we had to go our separate ways this season. We have to find a way to collaborate more next season. I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more and couldn't be happier to have had you on, Deuce. Uh, we, uh, we're we already well past the break. I'll get in trouble later. It's fine. I'll pay the yep. news. But um, your pick for the day, what you got going on with the Super Bowl and such. Yeah, I'm going to take the Eagles. I mean, I think the, the, the Chiefs could certainly pull it out if Mahomes plays out of his mind, which is, you know, not, not out of the question. I think the ankle is a thing. I just think the Eagles are a little bit too deep on both lines with the weapons. They've got a little bit more. I think it'll be enough um, for them to pull it out. But I, I think, you know, the Eagles, uh, the Chiefs will put up a good fight. I got something in the range of like Eagles 31, uh, Chiefs 29. Ooh, very watchable game. That's the over, not a cover. He's got Eagles in the over. Okay. You can follow him at Mike Dusso 19. You can read his musings, his analysis, and more at Patriots.com. And of course, Patriots Unfiltered, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 12 to 2. It's always a great chat. Deuce, have a great Sunday. We will collaborate more. We will talk to you soon. Thanks for joining us, pal. Thanks, guys. Be good. See you. Mike Dusso from Patriots.com is joining us. Andy, we're almost three hours down. I feel like we just started the show. That's because we make it fun, baby. We're talking football and Super Bowl Sunday. We're living the glory days when the Patriots used to be good. <laughs> why Sorry. It, why do we have to keep... Why do you... Uh, what? Uh, why must you <sighs> troll us? Uh, you are who you I'm are. I'm not a troll. No, I know. I didn't call you a troll, but you're, like, you're always with the you people and making fun of reliving the glory days. It's Super Bowl Sunday. The Patriots went to so many, period. The Patriots have been to 20% of all Super Bowls, Andy, since they've started, or just under 20%. They went to nine with Brady and Belichick together. You can't mention Super Bowl without bringing up the Patriots and just kind of having some fun. We're putting a little joy in the hearts of 
Pats Nation that may be missing out on what they used to be used to so frequently, and hopefully it won't be another 20 or 30 till they get back. Hey, and now everybody's rooting for the Eagles, who they hated a few years ago when they were singing Fly Eagles Fly in the food court at uh, the Mall of America. Oh, God. By the way, that was just... It was it was a ton of fun to do the Patriots Not Done Network and be in like that empty space in the Mall of America and bring nonstop Patriots coverage. But being right down, like being a football throw from a food court where they had media row. Oh, boy, that was that was an experience. It was an experience. That's exactly the nice Andy. Good job. You framed it positively without coming after a tour. That was an experience. You could literally hear people getting their orders wrong at Chipotle as like the afternoon show was interviewing like Michael Irvin. It was pretty special. 617-779-7937 is the telephone number. When we come back, we will ask you what you, the Patriots fans, will be watching for in Super Bowl 57 and how what happens today could affect your New England Patriots in the coming weeks, months, and beyond. Of course, we'll give you our predictions for the Super Bowl in the 1 o'clock hour, one thirty. Primetime, shime time himself with the best bets and propositionals to make you some money, honey, on Super Bowl 57. It's all coming up here on Fitzy and Hearts, WEI Football Sunday. He's got Bolden and Fitzgerald to the left. He's got Breston to the right. 18 seconds. Oh, they can pick down here. From the gun. Steelers show blitz. Here they come. He gets it away and it's picked off at the goal line. There's a flag thrown on the run back. James Harrison to run it back. And Harrison is past midfield. Harrison going down the sideline. Harrison still on his feet. Harrison is going to go all the way. Wow, producer Ethan Ristadulu chipping in his favorite non-Patriots Super Bowl moment. And would you believe, Andy, it's one we talked about earlier from the exact same game where I shared the Larry Fitzgerald moment with two minutes, 45 seconds left. That, of course, was the goal line James Harrison 99-yard interception pick six to end the first half of Super Bowl 43. What an awesome game. Ethan, did you have any idea? You had no idea that I would also share something from that game. It just shows really what a great game that oh was. Oh, my. Yeah, Super Bowl 43 sits at the top, uh, at arguably the top of the Super Bowl list for me personally. I've gone back and I've watched a lot of Super Bowls. I made it a goal of mine a couple of years ago to watch a lot of the Super Bowls in full, like dating back to like Super Bowl one and forward. And it's been a mission finding some of them. But 43 just had everything from the underdog versus the big bad Steelers. You know, the, the near almost stolen victory with that play that you brought up with Larry Fitzgerald. Super Bowl 43 had everything. The crazy San Antonio Holmes catch, the pick six for 99 yards, it had everything. Oh, such a great! It was such a great game. I really, I, I hope we get something resembling that today. We can't ask for an all timer, but uh, you know, all the ingredients are there. We have the makings for a great game so far. Anything from our quick chat, Andy? Uh, we we have to keep this uh, segment pretty short because our interviews have run a little long today. But that's kind of the fun of what goes on with uh, when you're having these hearty pats chats and beyond on uh, Super Sunday here on Weei Football Sunday. Anything stick out from the Mike Dusso chat? Well, I continue to um, – I agree with the logic of Tom Curran and Mike Dussault about, you know, the, the Chiefs aren't anywhere near close to challenging the Patriots in terms of mm-hmm. longevity and wins and anything, really. Yeah. And yet I think Patriots fans are defensive and threatened. And that's what makes it more interesting to me. You're defensive and threatened by a team that has one Super Bowl, that has one, one. ring. And that's why I'm so fascinated by it. I don't know if it's how over-hypersensitive Patriots fans are or if they're a little bit worried 
if they're a little bit like, yeah, but but they're going to be together for a while, that Reed and Mahomes. And if don't let them get just two, to steal Kevin Millar's phrase and put a little different spin on it where it was don't let them get just one. Don't let the Chiefs get just two because if they get just two, uh-oh, will they get three? Will they then be a dynasty? And that because logic says they're not getting six. They're not going to do it for 20 years. They're not going to have a double dynasty. That's all logical. What is illogical, in my opinion, is the defensiveness of Patriots fans and how much they are threatened by the Chiefs from what I've seen. Yeah, I'm not threatened by them, but I got to tell you, for Pats fans to just sort of say en masse like, I'm not threatened by him or like, yeah, I'm not worried. I've heard so many callers to every sports radio station in town, sports radio stations out of town talking about the fact that people are rooting openly against the Chiefs, not because, you know, Mike was saying like he doesn't like the theatric, the aesthetics of Patrick Mahomes and the family stuff, Uh, you know, all the respect in the world to them, this, that and the other. But just because they want to see Brady and Belichick's records preserved, they're not close. Nope. Like. Patrick Mahomes, yes, he's young. Yes, he's good enough to maybe make it back to four or five more Super Bowls. The kid is one of the greatest talents to ever hold a football or touch an NFL field. Andy Reid's 64. He's not going to coach another 10 years, first off. I just can't possibly see that happening, no matter how much natural energy the guy says that he has because he doesn't drink coffee. He just rolls right out of bed and gets after his day. Good for him. But, like, and also, thanks for being Andy Reid, because now there's a prop on whether or not he'll mention hamburgers in his postgame speech tonight, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, but, like, come, really? I mean, like, even if they do get close to it, so what? You're, why do we have to be the greatest? Is it just because it's a New England thing, Andy? I don't know. Oh, it's a complex. Oh, it's definitely a complex. Oh, it's a, oh he's coming for you now. This is the official you people moment. Are yep. you guys nervous? Are you scared? Has Andy gotten under your you people skin? 617-779-7937 is the number. All right, we got to flip the script and get to the next hour. We only have one hour left of show and so much more to talk about. Don't you guys go anywhere. A power final hour of WEI Football Sunday is coming at you with Fitzy and Hart. Chime time at 1.30. Let's go. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.